helping preachers to get better by this weekend. It's the Teach to Preach podcast with your host, Pete Kramer. Friends, one way to get better at preaching is to make more eye contact. Pastor Jeff Sandstrom is my guest today, and this is something he does really well. He's going to help us get less dependent on our notes and more engaged in our content and our people while we're preaching. Jeff is a friend of mine from Bible College, and since then, he's been involved in church planting in Berkeley, California, starting house churches in Chicago, and now he serves on the pastoral team at Calvary Church in Naperville, Illinois. There is some great, great content on our show notes page because of this conversation today, so be sure to check that out and listen in to this conversation with my friend Jeff on how to preach without notes. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the Teach to Preach podcast today, and little might the audience know that this podcast really was born out of a conversation that you and I had probably two or three years ago about preaching and just wanting to get better at preaching, and that's that's really where this sat in my heart to help preachers get a little better by this weekend as it relates to developing and delivering quality sermons. And so I thought, what better guest to have on the podcast than the one who originally planted the seed of this podcast in my heart. And that was Jeff Sandstrom. So Jeff, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pete. This is awesome. So Jeff, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is, man, I love listening to you preach. I've, I've listened to you preach several times. I'm sort of a, uh, a creeper on social media and such. So I listen to a lot of stuff that, that you put out there. And so one of the things that people will know and notice pretty quickly about you and your delivery and how you preach is that you're able to connect with the audience really well because you tend to stay away from, if not entirely away from, from notes. Yeah. Is that true? Like, do you have any notes when you walk up there? Um, No, I mean, I don't want to lie and say that there are some times when uh, um, I don't have to really think hard about what comes next, but yeah, for the most part, the, uh, walking up on stage, there is uh, there's there's no notes uh, whatsoever. So, Jeff, has it always been that way for you? Have you always been able no. to preach without notes? Are you one of those like two percent of preachers who can do no. this, or or is this something that really all of us can try to learn from and maybe develop towards? Yeah, I believe everybody can uh, learn from and develop towards it. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not people really want to. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't have a photographic memory like some. So if if this happens, it's because of someone who's poured into me. And I mean, you just got to try it. And uh, when you try it, you'll probably fall on your face at least the first couple times if you're doing it right. Um, <laughs> but if you own the craft, uh, I think uh, it'll, um, like you said, just kind of help people connect more with uh, um, their congregations, the audience, whoever it may be that they're speaking to. So Jeff, give us a little peek behind the curtain here. What does sermon prep look like for you? So that way, whenever you do get up to preach, you can, you can go up there uh, pretty well note-free. What does your prep look like so you can get to that place? Yeah, really, um, really good question. Um, well, prep like anything, just being really studious of the word, um, getting all your hermeneutics right. And uh, just, I think I've said this to you once before, studying the crap out of the passage, whatever it may be. <laughs> Um, just uh, really honing in on it. I think most of the time should be spent um, in that, in the word, because when you're communicating something, you probably want it to be able to change you. If it doesn't change you, it's probably not going to change someone else. So a lot of times I think if people are scrapping to try to, you know, staring at the blank screen, 
on uh, um, Friday afternoon because they have to speak on Sunday morning, just waiting for something to come to them. Uh, go into the Bible and just search and deep and, and dig until something comes out that really changes you. And when it does, that's probably when you're just starting to get something to uh, to work with. So, um, I mean, we, we both had a lot of the same professors in college and they all taught us great things about studying. I mean, from lexicons, the Bible dictionaries, I mean, make yourself, get, a desk that's Instagram worthy of books just flooded everywhere. Like if you can't take a picture of your desk and be proud of it, then you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> so get all of it out and just dig deep, get a notepad and just, you know, uh, don't even use a computer because people get lost in screen land a lot. I think get actual paper made from trees, you know, forget the earth and just write on it with ink. <laughs> and um, I, I think that may be, I don't know why God speaks through paper, but I believe that a lot of times he does. And uh, um, write down everything that comes to you, what every commentator says, even if you don't agree with it, because you'll be able to refer back to it later. I mean, the, the hardest part I think about uh, sermon writing, sermoneering is really what I call it. Um, is uh, being able to cut stuff out. So um, in the beginning, you should have way more information than you will ever use because what you're doing is you're trying to teach yourself all about everything. And you'd be surprised even when you go to teach or preach without notes, how much stuff will come back to your memory once you start talking about it, even if you don't plan on using it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just uh, suppose a couple of weeks from now, you've been tapped on the shoulder to preach at your church in the main auditorium on a Sunday morning, and you're going to prep for that message. What do, what do you, as as Jeff, as Pastor Jeff Sandstrom, what do you do to start preparing for that? <laughs> With all your books, I can see it in my mind. I think the listeners can see it in their mind where they see a desk just with piles of books and, and yellow legal paper and worn out uh, Bic pens. Um, so what, what does that look like for you? Get me from the paper to the pulpit. Where, wh- how uh, are you making mind tricks? How in the world? I mean, I think a lot of listeners are going, how in the world do I get from here to there? Right, right. Well, first I try to make the Bible levitate. If, it, if I can raise it, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, if uh, someone came to me and said, hey, I need you to speak on this, on this day, the first thing I would do is grab my a worn out red leather ESV Bible that sits on uh, a bookshelf in my library at home. And I would pull out the passage with no study material and nothing. I just want to look at the passage. And uh, before I start looking at what the rest of the world says about it, um, I want to know what the Lord's going to speak to me about it. So I'll get it. I'll read it, uh, pray over it. And I might even read some chapters before and after to get some context, depending on what it is. But I want to know um, what it means to me first. And then after I make some notes about that, that's when I can start pulling other things, uh, which would be an ESV study Bible. Um, just because uh, uh, I'm not tied to a crossway in any, any way. They pay me nothing, but I just really enjoy the translation. It's a great balance in between today's language and a word-for-word translation. Um, so, And in that, um, if you're familiar with the ESV, especially their study Bible edition, they give a lot of the uh, um, uh, verse-by-verse um, translations, what they mean, even some Greek and Hebrew, um, and the bottom portion, which is actually a really good foundation to start from. So it gives you context if you don't have it, tells you what things mean if you don't really understand it. And then from there, um, we, uh, uh, my wife and I, we, we love the interpretation commentary set, so I may pull from there. If it's New Testament, um, N.T. Wright has a great uh, commentary set. Um, Old Testament, I kind of refer to my wife. She's the PhD in Old Testament. So whatever she says, I do. 
Um, and uh, uh, from there, just kind of uh, build out. From there, there could be lexicons, Bible dictionaries, depending on how much time and how much uh, um, effort is put into the passage. Okay, so you've uh, grabbed the passage, you've prayed about the passage, you've read around the passage. You got your ESV study Bible out, although you're not getting royalties for that. Maybe we can get that to change after this podcast. Uh, you have your all, all your other study material. Uh, now we're a couple of days out from the message. Where are? Do you have a legal paper? You start memorizing the legal paper? Um, no. So what happens from there is, uh, if you'll give me a second, I actually write all this down. I refer back to notes that I write about. I'm like, oh, this worked really well. I need to do this every time until it really, really sucks, and then I'll find out something else to do. <laughs> um, but, uh, so after all the hermeneutics is done, um, I find out what the – um, I mean, there are many different, I mean, some people preach three-point sermons, two-point sermons, seven-point sermons, whatever they may be. Um, I'm a firm, not that you can't have multiple points, but I'm a firm believer that there's one main idea in the passage, um, that overarching everything, there's got to be one thing. I call it the Rue. That's R-O-U-X. I don't know if uh, um, the audience may or may not be familiar with what that is, but uh, um, like in Mardi Gras, um, down in Louisiana, they have a kind of soup. And when they put all these ingredients in, they keep on stirring it in this hot pot. Think of like a witch on Halloween. I don't know why, but that's just what's in my mind. <laughs> you kind of stir it down until it gets this most simplest form. And uh, it's usually just maybe a three to five word phrase. And it doesn't have to be creative, just very simple. What is it that you're trying to get across? And it's amazing how many speakers, preachers, and pastors aren't able. If I would say, what are you speaking on? Oh, it's on, you know, James 11 or whatever the case is. Okay, well, yeah, but what's your main idea? And they just, oh, well, I'm going to talk about how this, that. no, no, no. Like what, what is your point? What do you want people to walk away with? Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to say what that is from the very beginning, like if it's a little confusing to you, it will be a lot confusing to everybody else. Very so true. It down to its most basic, some people call it the main idea, whatever. I like to call it the root just because. I don't know, it just sounds cooler to me. Um, yeah. So I try to pull that out of the passage. And then from the roof, study, I go back to my hermeneutics. And however many points, I don't say I have to have three or two or alliterate or any of that kind of stuff, um, but just whatever's in the passage. Sometimes it may be really long and there could be multiple points. Other times it could be just a narrative story overarching one idea. And there's just one point that you can drive home many times. And so whatever that may be, um, you've got the rue. Um, and the, the points of the message, whatever it may be, definitely support um, the rue. And so part of, a, part of this preaching style is uh, um, a lot less deductive and a lot more inductive. Um, a lot of times, especially uh, us who go to Bible college, they have a way of teaching us to speak, right? Because it's how it's done in the 80s. You, know, you, uh, you have an introduction. You tell everybody what you're – it's like a per- persuasive paper from fifth grade, sure. right? Like you – this is what I'm going to talk about. This is what I'm going to tell you today. And then you go through it. You tell them your three points. And then you get to your conclusion. You say, well, this is what I've told you today. And these are the three points that support that. And uh, um, somebody once taught me to completely throw – it's funny enough. It was a Bible college professor. <laughs> everything you've learned in homiletics class, completely throw away. Forget all of it. Um, I had a professor who uh, – actually, we just stayed with last week for a couple of days. His mm-hmm. name is uh, – Dr. Crabtree. And uh, he said, I'm going to make a great preacher out of you, which I didn't know if that was a bold claim. Yeah. It's a, it's a very bold claim. So I didn't know if that was like um, a gift or like he was totally dogging me. Like you suck Mm. right now, but after we're done, you're going to (laughs) be, you know, I I didn't really understand, but uh, 
he spent every single week, uh, we had lunch together and uh, I said, you're going to preach without notes. And I was like, that's crazy. It's impossible. He's like, not impossible. You can do it. And, uh, he said the same thing. You're going to fall on your face, but uh, that's how you know you're doing it right. And you'll just get better from there. So you've got all the material studied out. You've got the rue. You've got the kind of the one main idea. Mm-hmm. So at that point, do you just go, huh, how am I going to start this thing? How am I going to end this thing? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So you've got the, um, man, I wish that through audio, you could actually draw graphs. I would love to give everybody an idea of how all this goes. We can create a graph and put it on our show notes page for uh, today's podcast. So that way those who are listening in can see it visually. We can do that. That's what I'm talking about. So if uh, you've got your rue and you've got your sub points, however many they may be, every sub point needs some sort of illustration and an actual statement. Um, so if you think of it um, as a beginning and end in the body, this is what we're doing. We're working on the body right now. And however many points you have, it serves the rue, not the other way around. And every sub point has um, a story, a statement, and a question. And so you can read the portion of scripture. Um, this is usually what I do. When I get to this portion, I read this, the portion of scripture that uh, um, relates to this point, whatever it may be. And then I go into a, a story or some sort of illustration. Usually it's a story about how I've screwed my life up some way, shape, or form. And uh, it illustrates whatever the statement is. And uh, um, from the statement comes the question. So um, let's just say, you know, the rue is God is love. Okay, how do we know that God forgives sin? That could be the first point. And God forgives sin serves the rue, which is God is love. And the story may be sometime uh, where I sinned and I messed up and I needed forgiveness. I, I, you know, I don't know. And then, um, so then you would say the statement because the statement always comes after the story. Um, you always need the proof before the statement. Um, because the story is what proves that the statement is true and the statement drives it home. And then comes the question, when was the last time that you sinned or how do you know that God loves you or uh, what do you need forgiveness for? You know, so, I mean, obviously you want to be a little more creative than that, but just to kind of uh, give people an idea, that's what happens. That's what happens for every single point until you get to the bottom. Now um, what's different about narrative preaching is like the whole story form. It's story weaving, just take, taking one story into another. So when doing deductive, which we talked about, isn't necessarily bad, but there may be a better way. Um, deductive as opposed to inductive is, uh, which is really what I try to tell people to, uh, um, to challenge themselves with, which is not telling people what to think, but helping them to think on their own so that they come to their own conclusions. And to do that, you just start by uh, telling stories. So you think of an overarching story. Instead of introduction, we call it induction. So you start with some sort of story that illustrates your rue, whatever it may be. So you've got these mini stories within the message, but then you've got this whole overarching story that starts in the beginning and wherever the story has the most tension, that's where you cut it off. So you start with the story and when everything builds, it's like the moment in Jaws when you're like, you know that the shark's around somewhere, but mm. it just, you know, the music is there and everybody's just waiting. That's the best part to cut it off. So you cut it off there and you take the rest of the story and you put it at the complete end of the sermon. Mm. So you start with one story and you end with that same story, but in between you've got all the body and uh, um, yeah, people really seem to like that for some reason and it works pretty well so far. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. You see that even in a lot of movies where 
they start to tell you a little bit of the story or the past of the main character that led them to yeah. where they are now. Yeah. But right at that height, uh, you know, I'm thinking of like Bruce Wayne and Batman, right? Right at the height yeah, yeah. of when his parents get killed, they cut to like further into the future. You know, they, yeah. they, they mess with the story enough to keep your brain working. And uh, I think yeah. in a lot of ways, this uh, way of, of storytelling as preaching really does engage more of our brain perhaps than just here's some information I'm going to give it to you in a very cogent laid out pattern and you're going to take it you're going to regurgitate it and sort of apply it <laughs> to your life and hope this works out for you but there's something about right, a story right. that seems to stick with us which is why storytelling you know obviously throughout all of humankind has been kind of the number one method of delivering truth and delivering principle if you will is is through some sort of story that captures your attention but yeah, I like you, the idea of not just telling the whole story at one point, cut the story off at the high point of the tension, and then save the rest for later. That almost becomes your application or your call to action. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head, Pete. I think, oh, uh, my goodness. I feel part, so good. Thank you. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, uh, um, it's so weird for after you graduate from college, your professors tell you to call them by their first name, which is so difficult to do. So he's like, always call me Dan. Um, <laughs> and it's so hard to do that. But Dan, Dr. Crabtree, um, when we would talk about this, uh, we would talk about how when you're preaching, you're not really just delivering information. You're, you're a director of a movie. Mm. So you have to see the movie in your mind. And all you do from that point is you explain what you see, what you're creating in your brain. Mm. And so we That's talked good. about the... Um, I was seeing different kinds of movies like Crash. I don't know mm. if you've ever seen it. Um, sure. Just, like five different stories that are unraveling. They're all intertwined, but you don't see it until the very end. Like sure. That sort of thing. Um, MTV. Uh, Dr. Crabtree said that uh, MTV does this really, true life. I don't know if um, sure. you ever remember watching that, but they would have multiple different stories of maybe a guy and a girl. One wants to be a bodybuilder. One wants to be a dancer. And they would switch back and forth in between these two um, stories and they would never say we're going to pause on the boy's story and go back to the girl's story and sure. the dance video they would just cut and your brain would automatically know what where you are what they're going to you said the same thing when you're preaching when you're preaching yeah. you're cutting from one story to another don't say pause let's talk about this just just start something else and you know it's brains it's, will pick it up yeah you know you're absolutely right think about this too if, if anybody out there listening has ever watched 24 I mean, they're telling multiple stories at one point and their transitions between the stories are really interesting because when they're going to transition a story, they pull out to kind of a bigger view of the overarching story and you see everybody's stories playing out at the same time and then they zero back in on one person's story and then they really? pull out to the macro view and then into the micro view, pull out and that's how they, they master transitions in 24, which is why it's one of the greatest shows ever made. But <laughs> be that as it may. So Jeff, let's switch gears here just a little bit because I think a lot of pastors out there would say I want to get to this place I, I can go through uh, some of these uh, methods of looking at the passage pray read around it study it get the resources get the rue going um, get those statements the story the question all of that in place but what happens when that one person sneezes 
or that baby starts crying <laughs> or <Yeah>. something silly. <clears throat> you know, the usher tripped in the back and it just created a scene. Cause if anybody out there is like me, I can derail pretty quick. You know, I like right. my attention is it's amazing. I'm even, I, if I don't stare at your face right now, as we do this interview, <laughs> I'd be all over the map. So that's great. In those situations, what encouragement can you give us? Like when that happens, like what happens when you lose that train of thought? Yeah. Read a book. Um, a book that Earl Kreps once gave me, um, he told me was the greatest book on preaching he had ever read. Um, and it's not a book on preaching. It's a book by Steve Martin called Born Standing Up. It's a great book. It's basically, yeah, it's a biography through uh, how we got into stand-up comedy. And uh, he talks about these specific things, how when you're really good at your craft, um, you're not bringing a presentation to a room. You are kind of creating the room. So if a baby cries, someone sneezes, someone walks out, someone gets it, whatever it is, you uh, learn not to try to overpower these kinds of things that happen, but you learn to use them and dance with them and work with them, let them work to your benefit. And it doesn't have to be uh, someone sneezes and you say, you say, you know, bless you and everybody laughs. It doesn't have to be that, but it can be. But you learn to kind of use these things or if someone's you know, loud as a chair that squeaks or whatever, you learn to raise your voice or lower your voice or kind of, you're the one, like you can't change other people. You can't control others, but you can control you and how to bring the attention back to uh, what's important in the room at the time. But that, um, the book was brilliant. Just a yeah, great uh, book. wonderful book on those things. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put a link to that book in the show notes page today because, I mean, we can learn communication style and techniques from all over the map. So we'll be sure to put that on the show notes page for today. Jeff, talk for just a minute. What are some of the benefits that you've seen uh, being able to preach without notes? So the benefits in the room, the benefits in the moment, or just knowing the material. What to you has been some of the, the biggest benefits of, of preaching this way? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, one of the biggest benefits of preaching with no notes, you know, besides being able to uh, impress people, <laughs> I guess, um, I really feel like without a podium, without paper, without an iPad, there are less barriers in between you and the listeners, whoever they may be. And not that I don't want to knock anybody who uses notes or podium because um, that by all means, uh, it is necessary at times. But if you can remove any obstacles in between you and the people, one, it's scary because you've got nothing to hide behind. And two, it's scary because um, people see you for what you are. I mean, you can't fake. I mean, if you're not smoking what you're selling, people will see it um, because <laughs> there's no facial expression to hide behind. It's just, it's you feel naked. And it's so good because I think... <laughs> Here's a bad quote. People need to see you naked. <laughs> People <laughs> need to see you vulnerable. They need to see that uh, um, what you're talking about, you actually believe yourself. And when there's less barriers in between you and you can actually make eye contact with people and not just so you're not looking down at your paper all the time, but because you are trying to breathe life into the very souls that are sitting in front of you. The benefits of that. Um, and you know it because people will come up and tell you afterwards, but you can see people's faces when you're distracted with papers and making sure you stay to your outline and watching the time and all these kinds of things. Um, you have less of an opportunity to infuse spirit and hope into the people that you're looking at when everything is in your head and in your heart. 
all you're doing is just relaying what's already inside of you. You're not trying to transfer anything. You're just trying to give what you have, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. A um, couple of really random fire questions, and yeah. this will be sort of like the preaching inkblot test, okay? So I've not <laughs> prepped you for this. There's been no email That's saying, good. Jeff, I'm going to come out of left field here with this, but do you ever use props? Yeah. Okay, does, does a prop in your hand distract you at all? Like, I, I'm still wrapping my brain around no notes, okay? Because, again, my, <laughs> I would be rabbit trailing all over the place. Or in the moment, you know, I, sure. come from, I come from the Pentecostal tradition, for those of you who are listening in. And in a moment, there's times where I really believe, like, the Holy Spirit has dropped something in my heart, and I've got to share it. And sometimes yeah. that's been great, and sometimes it's blown up in my face. But, eh, be that as it may. Um, so for you in those moments, do you, do you have props? Do you, do you kind of flow and like, you're like, you know what? I think the Holy Spirit is wanting to say this right now in this service. Cause you probably preach in multiple services, I would imagine too, sure, uh, sure. on some weekends. So uh, do even services look different service to service? I'll be honest with you. Um, Pete normally, no. Um, I, I know that uh, there are a lot of people, especially in the Pentecostal tradition, they're like, you know, um, you just need to get up and flow with it. You know, the spirit will speak through me. There's no reason for preparation. And, you know, I just want the spirit to speak to me. I'm like, yeah, that's great. But the spirit can also speak to you a week or two ahead of time and let you know what people will need to hear that very day. Sure. Um, so I, I don't ha it's not like a rule that I'm like, you know, nothing new. Um, very seldom, maybe one or two times um, have I ever been like, yeah, what I've prepared, I feel like there's something different for this group. Like I, that, that scares me, but I still want to be obedient to it. Um, sure. But I don't make, I don't, I don't make that a habit, not because I don't believe in it, just because that's not my path and my, my story, my story is more preparation. And then, yeah, this is what it is. So even in multiple services, uh, things look pretty similar, maybe a couple of, you know, jokes here and there, or if, uh, you know, the age difference is, you know, vast between services, you know, obviously some pop culture things won't stick with, uh, uh, an elder crowd or whatnot, Good but point. for the most part, it, it, it stays pretty, um, stays pretty the same, um, because the, the truths of God, God's word, I believe are kind of the same and they transcend, um, age, race, gender, everything across the board. Um, and so, uh, even if like the applications change a little bit, the, um, the, the main idea is still pretty much uh, um, uh, on track. Uh, props, yeah, I mean, I, I don't always use props. Um, sometimes I'm very simple, very minimalist. Um, if I had it my way, I wouldn't have any branding. I wouldn't do sermon series, go verse by verse through books of the Bible, have a black screen with white letters, just the scripture verses in case people forgot their Bible. That's it. I mean, just boom, like nothing, you know, but every once in a while I use a prop. Um, it doesn't really distract me. I, uh, um, I tap my foot. I, uh, huh. I struggle okay. with OCD. There could be a so, whole episode about preaching ticks, and I think we're right. going to get to there. Yeah. So yeah. if you maybe, want, you can, this can be confession time because this is all preachers oh. who are listening in. So, <laughs> Total confession time. Um, if I ever forget what I'm going to say or if I ever um, don't know where to go next or I'm searching for my segue or transition or whatever, I pause, but I do that anyway. Um, I think something we miss a lot because when we get nervous, we just talk really fast. So it sure. Like, oh it, man! It comes that you just start like get nervous, so you feel like you need to have something to say, um, but not too often enough. I think we like we as speakers don't like just slow down. Just yeah. let the information sink into people's brains, and yeah. then pause for an, an uncomfortable amount of time. 
especially right after you say something that could be taken inappropriate, just let people let, I mean, that's what I mean. When, when the tension builds, that's when you know you have everybody's, uh, um, you have everybody's attention. They're listening. Like you say something, you're like, did he just say that? And then you pause for a long time. I mean, people are like, okay, how is he going to get himself out of this one? It's like a, a TV episode or like how, you know, where, where on earth is Carmen San Diego? Like it's just <laughs> the, everything builds. And uh, um, I think it works to our benefit because even when you forget what you're going to say next, if you just pause, people have an opportunity to let everything else you just said sink in. Of course, all I can think about right now is that classic episode of The Office where Michael Scott is sitting at the desk with Stanley <laughs> and they're trying to analyze a voicemail that Jan uh, Levinson had left for Scott, uh, Michael Scott and, uh, and uh, Stanley just trying to play into that because his bonus is on the line. He said, now listen to the pauses. You know, women say more in their pauses. <laughs> yeah. And this is brilliant, you know. So yeah. I like the idea. I think, uh, I mean, I know for myself, okay, in my own preaching, it's practically a birthmark on my preaching of nervous, fast talking. It's been the one thing I've constantly had to work on for, oh man, 15 years of preaching now is, is speeding through all this content. And you know, even now, even doing the show, I have to slow down and enjoy the pause and take my time. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah, um, of course. Jeff, we, we have covered a lot of ground here today, but for those uh, preachers who are listening in, what is the one thing maybe that they can do this week to get a little bit better by Sunday at preaching without notes? Hmm. If they just wanted to start somewhere, one little step forward that they can start to take, what would, what would you encourage them to do? Yeah, um, there's probably a trajectory towards getting rid of notes. Not everybody should just get rid of them at once and fall flat on their face like I did. Um, so wherever you're at, just take one step further. So if you look at a manuscript on a Sunday morning and you read through it, try giving yourself bullet points and going mm. off of that. If you give yourself bullet points, try to memorize your entire talk with like five words, mm. and just knowing how to get from one idea to another. If you already do that, you do five words, uh, you're pretty much there. Get rid of that piece of paper because you don't need it. You know, That's if really you get good. stuck, just pause for a moment to remember where you're going next. Because the point of the matter is like, even if you forget a whole section, no one knows what you were going to say anyway. That's a good <laughs> like, point. <laughs> nobody has a copy of your manuscript or your outline. Nobody knows where you're going with this. So even, even if you do this and you fall on your face, don't, don't be so upset with yourself because nobody knows what you're going to say a anyway. Good point. So you can, I mean, you could totally bomb it. And no one would ever know as long as you keep your cool. And like we talked about being really confident in right. whatever it is that uh, you've studied, just keep going with it. The worst thing you could do is be like, oh man, I forgot to say this. No, no, just, just keep going. Just, just That's go. Great. That's why you study so much because if you do forget what you're going to say, you have so much information in your brain that you weren't going to say, something will come to mind until you get back on track. That's fantastic. You know, Jeff, when we spoke a couple of years ago and the beginning of this podcast really started to be birthed out of that conversation and I wanted to get to a place where I could preach without notes. Hey, I, I'm okay with admitting it. I'm not at a place where I'm preaching without notes, but I'm preaching with far fewer notes. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the credit. I don't know where it came from, but I'm, it's going, the credit is going to you, Jeff. So here it is. <laughs> that um, where I started that helped me out after we talked was I memorized my introduction, and my conclusion, and I made them both stories. It's good. And that seemed to have helped me quite a bit just to get used to not looking down 
yeah. and looking at straight ahead and looking into people's eyes. So the introduction, if I don't know the introduction of my message, I might want to just grab a seat because that's going to be what's going to lift <laughs> that plane off the ground. So right. if that's a story or a joke or something, whatever your introduction is, for those who are listening in, whatever your introduction is, know that introduction so well. Maybe just start there. And then the other thing too, Jeff, is on a couple of occasions, I have gone totally noteless. It's only been a couple. But what I do is I look at the church calendar and I look historically at what low weekends will be. Uh-huh. And I will use those low weekends that historically are low to trot out some new stuff. Uh, because if, you know, if it's going to fail, it's going to fail gloriously and it's in front of as few people as possible. <laughs> and so, so, you know, pastors, you might look at your calendar and say, you know, this, you know, Memorial Day weekend tends to always be a low weekend. So that's a weekend where I'm really going to zero and I'm going to make it a goal that that day I'm going to try and go without notes or I'm going to go 70% or 50% yeah. without notes and, yeah. and use those as practice play days and, and, and enjoy it and relax. And so we'll get all of these resources. We'll create some graphics. We'll put it up on our on our show notes page for today in this podcast interview with Pastor Jeff Sandstrom about what you can do to get a little bit better about preaching without notes. And But Jeff, I really appreciate you as a friend and as a colleague in the ministry, co-laborer, man, you're doing an awesome job. And thank you so much for taking this time to help us get a little better. Thanks, Pete. A lot of fun. Friends, that's the end of our first podcast. Please join us on our website, www.teachtopreach.com. Click on the podcast tab and you'll find the show notes page for today's episode. Also, please support the podcast by liking and sharing this on your social media page. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.